0: Well, let's, let's get into the word this morning with a word of prayer. Father, oh Lord, you know, we've been talking about this and, uh, just look to you that you would speak this message to our hearts, mine especially, and that you would be glorified in it, God. Speak to us. Draw us to yourself, we pray in your most awesome name. Amen. Amen. Well, this next section in John, I should say this next verse in John that we'll be covering today, I think is one of the most, if not the single most important concept in the whole Bible, I believe. Uh, To really understand and apply this concept, I think, is the difference between a vibrant, fruitful, fulfilling, joyful Christian life and one that is okay. Let me me ask you some questions this morning, um, some that I have personally struggled with. Uh, Let me start with this one. Does your Christian life live up to your expectations? You know, you read the Bible and, and, and you know, you, you hear about this and that or the other thing. Day-to-day Christian life, does it live up to your expectations? Can we even say something like that, right, in church? Um, or what you think it should be or is supposed to be? Have you ever, have you lowered those expectations over time? Hmm. Have you ever had thoughts like these? Why am I not as excited about my faith as I once was? Why do I struggle to read my Bible or spend time in prayer? Why don't I really look forward to going to church every week? Why don't I share the gospel with other people? Why can't I seem to get rid of the same bad habits? And here's one. Why don't I really seem happier or more fulfilled than the non-Christians around me? You ever wondered some of those things? If you have, you're not alone, not by a long shot. But if you have, I think you'll find today's message very helpful. Uh, We're here in the Gospel of John go ahead and turn there chapter 14. Jesus is here and he's got a short time left. Okay? He just shared the uh, the last supper with the disciples. They're still around the table. And Jesus now begins to share with them some of the most important words ever spoken. I mean, he's about to leave the scene, right? So this is and after three and a half years roughly of ministry, he's got them all together. What does he leave them with? right? So there, there's some really rich stuff that we're going to be getting into in, in the, the next couple of weeks. Um, but he, he's got a short time left. Very soon he's going to go, uh, they're going to go to Gethsemane, where he will be arrested. And he says this in John chapter 14, verse 15: "If you love me, you will keep." my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let me ask you this. How many people over the centuries have been manipulated by those very words? If you love me, you will. Think about it. How many young ladies have lost their innocence? How many guys have put themselves at risk to prove their devotion. Is that what Jesus is doing here? Is that what he's saying? Is he being manipulative? Is he putting the disciples on some sort of spiritual guilt trip? Do we do the things that the Lord tells us or wants us to do because we need to prove our devotion to him? Is that what this thing is all about?
1: Because if it is, I'm out of here.
0: Hmm. I want to share a message this morning entitled, If You Love Me. If You Love Me. I recently ran across an article uh, online, the 20 most revered coaches of all time. The website was called thebleacherreport.com. And one of those coaches, sure you've heard the name, Vince Lombardi. Okay. And I want to quote here. It says, just how revered is Vince Lombardi? Well, they just made a Broadway play about his life this year. That was back in 2011. That's not too shabby if you consider the Super Bowl trophy is named after the man. His unforgettable quotes and his coaching style help define the very nature of the game of football. His unique sound bites often overshadow the success Lombardi had as a coach. In just 10 seasons, Lombardi won 96 games, including five league championships and two Super Bowls. Though he demanded excellence and accountability, his players, by and large, loved him. See that? They loved him. Think about that for a minute.
1: What does it mean?
0: What does it mean they loved him? Sure, it means that there were some positive emotional feelings toward this person that they knew, right? A personal caring and regard for an individual. But it also means that they believed in him, they respected him, they trusted him, they trusted that he knew what he was talking about as he coached them, right? Trusted that his ways were best, trusted that he cared about them and wanted to bring out the best in them and wanted to achieve great things together with them. And since they had all of this going on in their hearts toward him, what naturally happened? Because they loved him. They did. What he
1: said, if you love me, you will keep
0: my commands. Do you see it? When I look back to when I received Christ in my 20s, I didn't know a whole lot. Didn't know much at all. I didn't have a church background like most of you did. I couldn't have told you about Jonah and the whale. I couldn't have talked to you about David and Goliath. not know anything about it. I couldn't recite the Lord's Prayer. But I knew a few things. After I had heard the gospel and asked Jesus into my heart, I knew a few things. First of all, I knew that God loved me. Me. God loved me. <laughs> that Jesus loved me so much, he died for me on the cross. And because he did that, I was forgiven and I was adopted by God as his own child. And I knew that God's ways were a whole lot better than mine. I lived enough life by that time to realize how I'd mess things up, right? So that's it. That's what I knew. But the overwhelming thing, 3 out of 4 of those, right, was that God, the God of the universe personally loved Ron. He he
1: he loved me. He wanted me. He valued me. Imperfect as I was,
0: right? I just stepped out of
1: <clears throat>
0: questionable Life, right? And he loved me. Absolutely. And and without reservation, loved me. And do you know what happened? I had a new joy in my life. Every day, I had joy in my life. Because he was with me. And he was for me. And he loved me, right? Every day. When, when, when my mind, you know, because sometimes you're, you're, you're focusing on making dinner or you're focusing on your job or you're focusing on this or that. And all of a sudden you, you, your mind just is God, right? God. And every time I would do that, there was this sense of joy because God was no longer this psh, way off in heaven, busy, too busy for me. This was somebody that loved me. It's, it's like, you know, the, your, your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend walking into the room, right? And, and you got this dating thing going on. And, it, and it's, you know, it's, so they walk into the room. It's like, ah, they're here, you know. That's what it was like. Every time I thought of God, it was like, here is someone that just loves me. It just walked into the room, walked into my heart, walked into my thoughts, And nobody told me that I had to pray every day. Nobody told me you have to have devotions every day. You have to read your Bible every day. No, I got to talk to the God of the universe. I got to come into the presence of him who loves me. No brainer, right? And I didn't always ask him for things. Sometimes it was just sitting in his presence and going,
1: wow, you love me. Me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for for getting rid of all my sin. Thank you for all of this. Just so much more than I
1: can fathom.
0: Again, no one said I had to read my Bible, that book about God, right? Right? Give me, give me. I want to know more, right? I want to find out about this. This is all, you know, wow! all this stuff in here that I didn't know before. Give me, 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 right? Why? Because it was a book about him. And how he felt about me and and truth that I didn't know before. Give me, right? Nobody said I had to do that. I love Christian radio. Every time I got in the car, teach me, teach me, teach me, right? I want it all. And I had this desire within me to share this with anybody that would listen. Right? And said, you have to share your, in order to be a good Christian, you have to share your faith with others. Nobody said that. Just, I want to talk to you, you I'm, I'm about what happened in my life. We talk about what's going on every day, you know, and God, geez, forgive my sin. I got this peace. I got this joy, And you know. It was just there, just bubbled out. Their eternal soul, which I never thought about before, never thought about the eternal souls of anybody else. Right. All of a sudden it became important to me. Nobody said it had to be. Like i'm I'm concerned about where you're going to spend eternity. Where does that come from? It was there? Couldn't wait to go to church. Couldn't wait to go to church. Couldn't wait to be around other people that believe like i did and and we we talk about all this stuff, and we left you know feeling even more joyful than we came because we shared that, we had that in common, right. I got brothers and sisters and this great big family and, and wow. And and then there were things that I had been comfortable doing that I wasn't comfortable with anymore. That I knew in my heart that didn't fit who I was now, didn't fit the knowledge I had now, didn't fit. It, it, it didn't mesh with with this joy in my heart. It, it seemed to conflict. It's like this is this is this isn't something that that God, you know, that, that the coach, this is something the coach doesn't want, you know, kind of thing. This things that this God who loved me were telling me, this isn't good for you. This is going to cause problems. And can I say this this morning, that none of this. None of this came from a feeling like, now that you're a Christian, you have to do these things. None of them. If you're really saved, if you really love me, you will do this. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. No, unfortunately, that came later. That came later. Came because I lost sight of what I'm telling you this morning, what the scriptures teach us. Interesting, after giving Israel the Ten Commandments, you know, Moses comes down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Then in in Deuteronomy chapter 6, he gives them the basis. He gives them the foundation for all that he just said. He says this in verse 4, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Love the Lord, right, foundation for everything else. And these words or these commandments will be on your heart. And you know, we say, "Hey, uh, you know, it, it was it was on my heart to 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 do this for you. It was on my heart to to bring you this meal. I I heard you weren't feeling well. It was it was on my heart to do this. It was on my heart to 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 send this, or on my heart, you know, I I, I heard you, you needed something. Here here here's twenty dollar bill. It's just on my heart to do right. It's on my heart. Nobody's telling me I have to do something. It's on my heart. Likewise." As as an expression of love, right? Likewise, love the Lord your God, and these commandments, they will be on your heart. They will flow out of that relationship
1: of love with God.
0: Now, where did I go wrong? Where did Ron go wrong? Well, when I was first saved, like I said... Three out of the four things I knew all had to do with God loving me, right? That was the focus. Jesus died for me. He wanted me as his own. He adopted me as his child. Um, and and and, and I, I could accept that, I think, easier back then because... I didn't know any better. And I knew I didn't know any better. I mean, yeah, I did a lot of ungodly things. Um, because I, I didn't have a relationship with God at one point, And I didn't have any real kind of moral compass, my friends, my circle was my moral compass, right? Uh, you know how that goes. Um, so I knew that some of the things that I did, and it was probably wrong. But everybody else was doing it, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, now, I know better. I know better. I know this is wrong. I, I, I have this, this moral compass. And, and I began to see right and wrong. Um, and I became responsible, if you will, for that knowledge. And in my mind, something began to happen. I started to put the cart before the horse, so to speak. Instead of continuing to let God's love for me, his unconditional love for me, put things on my heart, right, Um,
1: and, and, and affect
0: the things I did. I let the things that I did or didn't do define God's love for me. Let me say that again. Instead of allowing God's love for me to affect the things that I did. In a natural slash supernatural way, I started making the things I did affect God's love for me. That which I had experienced so much in human love. You know how our human love is, right? Right. That love. Love love is more or less depending on what we do. You love more if you do more, right? I began this pattern of thinking that God's love, instead of based on the cross of Jesus, instead of based on who he is, instead of based on his character, his love for me then became dependent on what I did. And so things that I once delighted in, prayer, the word of God, right? Just, wow, give me, give me, give me, began to be, if you're a good Christian, you will do this.
1: Delight became duty.
0: That I resonate with anybody? Delight became duty, became things that were required. And when I didn't measure up, which was and is often, here's what happened. Whereas before, when my mental focus right went from whatever it was I was doing to God, became this: Wow, the God of the universe loves me. He wants me. He's adopted me. He's cleansed me from my sin. He's He's reconciled me to Himself. Wow, became. Now I focus on God, and what am I getting? Disappointment.
1: Disappointment. Not doing this, doing this. You're not doing this. You're doing this. Disappointment
0: that could only be erased by doing good. Right? The only way I can get rid of that feeling is to do good, is to do better, is to try harder. And when I was doing well, okay, he loved me again, which, of course, was short-lived. Is
1: is anybody resonating with this? Revelation chapter 2,
0: beginning of verse 2, Jesus here talking to the church at Ephesus. He says, I know your works. Your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. I know that you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember therefore from which you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Look at that. Toil. Endurance. Patience. Recognizing evil. We can all do that, right? But you've lost the love you had at first. Remember from where you've fallen. Remember, Ron, what it was like in the beginning. Remember when, when these things were just naturally coming out of your heart. Remember that. And repent. Now repent means, it's not another guilt word. Change your mind. Remember the way it was. Think about it. What was the main focus of your relationship with God? Was it what you did or was it what he did? Repent. Get back to that again.
1: And then do the first works.
0: The things you just did out of love. Things you did because they were on your heart. Things you did because they brought you joy. Because they were a delight. Not a duty. Works that flow from the incredible, unchanging truth that he loves you. And me so much that he died for you and me while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. How much more? How does he look at us now? Shaking his head in disappointment? No. Let's not project on God human love. Through the blood of Jesus, and only through that blood, he has made us, he has washed us clean. Given us the perfect gift of righteousness, Romans says. Not righteousness in my own ability. A gift. Here you are. Righteousness. Receive that through the blood that was shed. Through the cross of Jesus. Made righteous in God's sight. Period. Righteous. Reconciliation with God, adopted, loved, unconditionally. Boom. And, and and can I say that this shift in my thinking uh, from the beginning till it went down the tubes didn't happen in a day? And the shift into thinking and getting back to what the scripture says, and that focus on not what I do, but what he did, that's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's something that you and I, if you are as sick and tired of being sick and tired in your Christian walk as I have been at times, th- th- this is a journey. This is a journey of repentance, a journey of getting back to right thinking. It's getting into those scriptures. It's meditating on them. It's getting back in his presence and just once again thanking him for how incredibly wonderful he's been to an undeserving person like me. Day by day by day by day. Because I still fight the thoughts, You're disappointment, 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 disappointment. I gotta counteract that with something. Otherwise, I go into disappointment mode. Right? This is this, this is a journey. This isn't a one and done kind of thing. This is not I've, I heard a good message today, and now everything's different. Doubtful. I hope it happens,
1: but doubtful. He still loves you and me.
0: And we're still imperfect. And he doesn't love us any less than he did the day that we came to the foot of the cross and gave it all to him. Not an iota. Hasn't changed on his side at all. As a matter of fact, now that you're adopted as his child again, as the Bible says in so many places, how much more? Yes, we're still imperfect. Yes, we still fall. Yes, we still make blunders. But where's the focus? We need to continually rejoice in and open our heart to that unchanging love and loving him in return. Now, I want to ask you a very, very serious question that I have struggled with. You know, it's, it's easy to sing Christian songs. Okay? I've, I've, I've been in church, maybe here, other places, and the song comes on. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Wo- and, and I and I hear that those words coming out of my mouth. I
1: love you,
0: Lord. And sometimes I've said to myself, I I, I don't know if I can really honestly sing that. Here's the
1: question. Get as introspective as you can here. Do you love him?
0: Do you love him? Not do you love Christianity? Not do you love salvation? Not do you love a a, a way of life? Him, the, the the person of
1: him. It's a very,
0: very interesting question. And again, not something to, to put guilt on any of us, but just to 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 whoa, step back, get with him one-on-one and say, where am I with
1: him? Not, I
0: read my devotional today. No, him. Let's bring it down personal, as personal as we can get.
1: And let's get into his presence.
0: And let's reflect on this wonderful, wonderful God who looked down at us in our imperfection and our lack of knowledge and our darkness and all of this stuff and said, you know what, I want to make a way for them to come to me. I want to make a way to cleanse all their sin. I want to make a way to have a relationship with them, to tell them, show them how much I love them, how much I want them. How much I care for them. I want to be in a relationship with them. So I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to give my life. Right. Reflecting on that once again. Come right back to the beginning. And fall in love
1: with Jesus. Again. Because when we love him. We'll keep his
0: commands. He's gonna put them on our hearts. It's it's just it's just gonna fall. And 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 yeah, there's gonna be some struggles. I mean, I'm not talking about everything's just gonna be fixed again overnight. There will be some struggles. There will be some times when when it's like, yeah, but Lord, I I I really want to go in this direction. And I know you're you're wooing me, you're telling me this isn't gonna be good for me. I gotta make a decision. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that decision is gonna be a whole lot easier. How many married people? Here this morning, when when things are good, right? When you really feel like you and your spouse are one, and you're on the same team, and you've been expressing love to one another, and then something, you know, you have to make a choice. I'm really comfortable on the couch. I'm really interested in this game or whatever, but she needs this. I'm a, I'm I'm up off that couch, right? Because we got something going on here, it's a lot easier, right? Same thing. The decisions that we make day by day by day, that that will reflect that love towards Him, is because we've got that thing going on between us and Him. And it's like I, I, I want to keep that going. I want to keep that joy going. I want to keep that peace going. I want to. He's here, and I'm here, and we're you know. I got this decision to make. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you've done all this for me. And I don't really necessarily understand this, but I know you love me. So I'm going to make this choice. I want to follow you. I want to love you. I want to serve you because you're just
1: awesome. Amen. Have you lost the love you had at first? Have you lost that?
0: Or maybe for you, maybe it's always been living up to God's expectation. Maybe that's the message you heard from the start. God's in heaven. He's righteous. He has these commandments. And, and if you want to go to heaven and if you want to be a good Christian and if you want to be, be on the right side of things, you know, eternally speaking, you, you, you got to do these things. Maybe, maybe that's the only gospel you ever heard. I wanna share a gospel of love this morning. A love that transforms from the inside out. A love that that affects motivations and values and, and, and all of that from the inside out.
1: That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So learn something from my life. Love him. Get there.
0: Fall in love with him again. Because he is just awesome. I I don't know how else to put it. All that he's done for us. Undeserving, imperfect, yada, 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 yada.
1: Amen. Let's pray.
0: Oh, once again, Lord. we do come into your presence, that you looked upon this world, for God so loved the world, and and we were all in the world, Lord, We we were in darkness, we were separated from you by our sin, we're all a part of that, but you so loved us, and you so loved the rest of the world,
1: that you gave yourself
0: on a cross. To make up the difference, to bestow upon us grace and righteousness and relationship.
1: Draw us back in, Lord.
0: God, I I don't know how how else to humanly do this. Holy Spirit, would you move upon our hearts? Bring us to the secret place. Jesus said, go go into the secret place. Close the door. Draw us to that place, Lord, where once again, you warm our hearts. Once again, we get enamored with this incredible God. Once again, Lord, we fall in love with you, and it changes our lives.
1: We thank you for that, Lord. In your awesome name. Amen.